I'm Gabs. And I'm Liz. And welcome, and welcome to, to their, their Trope Battle for Dominance. That was good. Was it? I hope so. Was it? Also, hi so. guys. Um, I have my fan blowing directly in my face. And I tried a new hair gel yesterday that sucked. So I am um, struggling, having a bad hair day today. Um, but Liz is always having a good hair day because pink hair just suits Liz. And <laughs> Thank you. Cats won't leave me alone i swear they are only this bad when i'm trying to do something like streaming or recording they never bother me unless i'm doing this they just sense it they're like they suck. gabs is doing something important time for me to make her life a living fucking hell they absolutely suck um yeah i'm also wearing the only anime shirt i own now i put it's an idolish seven shirt that i got at anime when i see that year i think we you had got the matching one right yeah, but I washed it too much and every, all the design and that was all faded. faded. I never yeah. wear it. So, um, but I realized I wore I, it too much. I, so. I put it on today and I realized I was like, this is my last anime shirt. I don't own anime shirts anymore. And I own a couple. This is my only one. And it's like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, I mean, that makes sense because I don't really enjoy wearing them. I don't like getting weird stares and, you know, weird people coming up to me. So. It makes sense that I don't wear them anymore, but also it feels like kind of like the end of an era, right? Like in middle and high school, all oh, I wore yeah. were anime shirts. Oh my god. Okay, so my cat's behind my monitor now, so if my camera falls over, that's on him. Um, For me, like, I, I'm trying to think about, like, what... Like, I have, like, three that I'm thinking of right mm -hmm. now. Like, one is, like, an Oron, like, crop top, so it's, like, kind of cute. And the other two are, like... They're not, like, for specific anime, so they're more, like, quote-unquote, like, aesthetic mm -hmm. anime t-shirts or whatever. But, like, yeah, I don't own a lot of, like, anime, like, like, like a Naruto t-shirt or a Death Note t-shirt anymore. Um, but that's also because, like, my interests have very much turned into Marvel Star Wars, which are what all of my, um, like, shirts are from. Um, I'm wearing my Falcon in the Winter Soldier t-shirt right now. Yes. Okay. Slay. Yeah. Slay moment. Also, Slay I'm sorry. Moment. This one is literally making my life hell right now. He's mm -hmm. not real. He's cute, though. He's just not real. He um... <laughs> It's Raven. Liz has met the cats many times, so she understands. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm... Yeah, but they're cute, so it like really balances everything out. He's literally a blob. You can't even see anything because he's squinting so hard. Anyways, um, we recorded two days ago, so mm -hmm. I don't think a whole lot has happened since then. Um, Liz and I both went into the city yesterday for separate reasons. Separately. So we didn't actually see each other. Um, she spent the day in Central Park. I spent the day in Brooklyn yes. with my family. I'm covered in bug bites. I'm glad that we didn't meet up then. We ended up actually leaving at like lunchtime because we were so tired. And then we got back and we slept from like five to nine. And then we oh woke up gosh. at like nine and we were up till from like nine to two eating pizza and watching stuff. And then we went to sleep. And honestly, that is ideal. I'm telling you right now. Mm -hmm. That was the ideal sleep schedule for me. If I could do that every day, I'd be so happy. But, um, did you at least have a good time despite the bug bites? Yeah, no, location? we had a great time. I saw, like, a lot of people I haven't seen, like, in forever. Mm -hmm. Like, some people like, I literally haven't seen since, like, pre-pandemic. So it was, like, a really great time. Um, We went to go get Ukrainian food after, so that was really yummy. And when I got back, my parents were at a bar, and they were like, come to the bar, and they bought me drinks. And then I walked home with my parents. It was a good time. That does sound fun. I can't imagine my parents at a bar together. My dad goes to bars with his friends, but, like, I can't imagine them both at a bar. It's so... And then inviting me, that it's very, like, not my family. But then I remember your family, like, literally piling alcohol on you at holidays. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, like me being like, I am so hungover from 4th of July because my cousins kept like giving me more drinks because they'd be like, oh, here, like get another drink. Or like I'd be out with my family and like I'd be I, I like I'd be like, oh, can I get a water this round? They're like, OK, a water and another drink. <laughs> and like it's not like to the point where like it's it's not like it's it not sounds dangerous. bad, but it's it's really not Liz, bad. Liz like, has I, a pretty high tolerance too, guys. Keep that yeah, in mind. My, my, my entire family drinks a lot and like. 
Um, like drinks a lot at like appropriate times. We're not like blasted oh, every yeah. night, weekdays. They're not no. alcoholics. I, I no. promise you. But like, if I'm like, no, I really just need a water this round. Like, they'll of course, like, no one will actually like actively pressure me to like keep drinking. But it's like always like, a, here's more drinks. Like, t- here's another drink. Do you want another drink? And so when you're offered, you're like, well, yeah, like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was fun. Oh, it was God. uh. A local bar and they had redone their back room to look like a basement from the 80s and it's oh, really cool. really cool and really really fun so the vibes there are immaculate and so really I, I had a great time yesterday I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself yeah yeah any uh, other exciting stuff to share or are we good to just hop right into it I have nothing else going on in my life, so... So I have some devastating news to share. Um, When I was um, setting up, you know, Anchor, which we use for our uh, podcast distribution, and I was trying to set up our last recorded episode, which, speaking of, you and I have to decide on a title after this. Um, Oh, shit, yeah. uh, But I was like, the way we usually do that is when we don't feel like talking about an episode right after we record it, we just put in, like the transition noise which for us has always been the bongos and then save it and go back to it later so Uh fun fact anchor has redone all of their transition noises they no longer have any bongos i literally like was scrolling all of them like searching frantically i was like come on come on there has like maybe they just renamed them no there's no bongos devastated i'm very sad so um now I'm wondering, because those are, like, anchor noises, I almost, we have to go back and look and see if um, our previous episodes even still have the noise. That'd be wild if they didn't. I would be really sad. Rip and then, the bomb And then, but the thing is, nobody, whoever listens back, will ever understand them while we're always like, blah, 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 blah. like, no one, no one will get the joke. No, that's so upsetting I'm, if that's the case. And we're too lazy to edit it into ourselves. Because <laughs> yeah, we'll just hear us being like, exactly. and like, Oh, that is so upsetting. I'm like, genuinely, deep. I'm so upset. I know. It's devastating news. <laughs> I told you. I had to share. So, um, yeah. that bummer. Um, so what trope did you choose this week? So, I haven't looked yet. I chose the trope. And I feel like we should give a quick rundown for anybody listening, just because we were coming back from the break. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, how we normally do these episodes, if you just heard our last episode um, or just watched it even on YouTube, Spotify, wherever. So you'll see that we did a special. So with that, um, one of us does the research and the other one finds a fic. Usually the way our episodes work is one of us will pick a trope, um, talk about that trope and the history of the trope, and then find a fic or more than one fic for it and we'll read it and then the other person has to randomly get assigned a trope and then they um you know do the same thing but it's a trope they didn't pick and then we switch off every week so when we left off um i had just randomly gotten assigned one and liz chose one so this week i'm choosing a trope and liz got assigned one mm-hmm. cool yeah so <laughs> this week i chose the undercover trope um not uh-huh. to be confused with the undercover in a gay bar trope. That is a different trope we might cover in the future. Um, that is really fun. But I specifically, I was just looking through fix that we could use. And I was like, you know, I, I really want to do like an undercover mission fic. So I did undercover as an omission. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think this has anything to really talk about. This is like a trope, not not just a fanfic specific trope. This is a trope in every media so yeah i don't think there's much to discuss about it and i also know liz has a longer one so i don't want to spend too much time on it um i just want to say i really like when undercover missions like bring ships together yes definitely like the undercover mission is you guys have to pretend to be a married couple and they're like okay and they haven't admitted their feelings for each other yet so then they they're acting like a married couple and they're like wow i have a crush and then you know i love I we're a sucker for romantic tropes. So. Yes. Um, as someone in the Marvel fandom, I'm very used to this like oh, kind yeah. of trope. Yeah, like within fake that. dating, where it's like, yeah, very very common. Right. Very it's like fake dating, but like with a purpose beyond just like I want to make so and so jealous. It's like like you know, there's there's something at stake here. And yeah, I love that. So and so it's like we really have to like cheese it up because like mm-hmm. if like if you're doing it to make someone jealous, if they don't believe you. Like it's not the end of the world but right. like if you're on an undercover mission right. and they have to believe that you're married or it's like, literally like a life or death situation death situation exactly. so it's like 
even more intense the stakes are like even higher oh my gosh exactly so great yes exactly thank you liz for coming up for me um <laughs> so i um just was searching fix and this one that i found i was surprised i didn't realize that there was fanfic for the show but then again you know if it exists there's fanfic for it so mm -hmm. i should really stop being surprised by this but um it's it's kind of a soapy crime series um it's called blacklist i'm sure if you think it sounds familiar your parents probably watch it or something i, I was started... gonna say yeah <laughs> i started watching it um at the beginning of the pandemic and there was eight seasons on netflix and i watched all of them within a couple of months um i just got really really into it and mm -hmm. um i know that there's more seasons that aren't on netflix so i'm just waiting for netflix to add them because i'm too lazy to watch them otherwise but um the TLDR, FBI, most wanted guy, um, and turns himself in for reasons that you find out pretty quickly. So I don't, um, but I don't want to get into it just in case anyone listening doesn't want spoilers or whatever, for whatever reason. And um, every episode is just like bad guy of the week type um, episode where they're like, this is the, um, you know, number 58 on the blacklist and his code name is the Riddler, you know, for example. Um, and, yeah. it's, and it's just like, this is what he does. And, you know, the number one guy on the FBI most wanted list who's now working with the FBI, he has a lot of information that he shares with the FBI. And basically he does all this in exchange for him, you know, being allowed to still pretend that he's most wanted and not captured and um, runs his business basically protected by the FBI. And it's kind of cool. And there's like so many plot twists and that's where it gets really soapy. Um, so if that's not your thing, don't, yeah. don't worry about it. But then it's like, there's kind of a loose plot and it, like every other bad guy of the week series, the plot really is only relevant at the beginning of the season and the end of the season. And there's always like a big finale type thing. Um, a criminal minds i've never watched well. criminal minds but i'm, it's, I'm it's sure very, it's very similar very much oh bad bad guy of the week and then you know like yeah. the the basic behind the scene plots of like they're like the people who are like actively like solving the crimes like their like lives mm -hmm. but they're never like front and center but they're always kind of there and then there's like the big bad of like each season or sometimes sprawled over like a like two seasons or mm -hmm. um or whatever Criminal Minds is actually so crazy. They they've gotten some like insane people like um like as some of their like villains. Wasn't Justin Bieber killed on there once like years ago? And it was one. Was that... It was it one of those shows. Shows. Um, do you remember I Justine, the YouTuber? She was killed on one of those shows, and um and one of their big bads for one season. And, like, this was actually, like, a long-time Big Bad, like, an mm -hmm. insane one, was, like, fucking Mark Hamill. And it's, like, what? That's so... <laughs> that's a lot. Um, I love Criminal Minds so much. Oh, oh, no, here he comes. The cat, yeah. He just, but yes, like, slinked I, under the camera. If people want to talk about Criminal Minds with anyone, please talk about it with me. I fucking love Criminal Minds. It's a great show. Yeah. so good so good and it's coming back baby they're making new episodes i'm happy for you thank you thank you um back to the blacklist however yes sorry <laughs> um i just want to say this fic the author said it like think of it takes place around season seven um there's not season seven is where like a lot of the crazy plot twists come in so um don't listen to, if you don't want spoilers but if you don't care feel free to listen um there are quite a few people talking so um well, thanks, Gabs. I was going to possibly watch the show. Oh, I mean, I don't think there's any spoilers in this, actually, to be fair. I'm just saying this okay. is, like, the timeline that the person put it in. But I really mm -hmm. don't think there's any spoilers in this because this is, like, somebody's made-up villain of the week. Okay. Um, so the fic is called Undercover uh, by Chartreuse, Blue, and Yellow, all one word. And, um... Yeah, I'm going to have you read for um, Wrestler, and I'll read for... Wait, no, I'm going to have you read for Keen, because her name's Liz. Uh, <laughs> and I'll read for Wrestler and Aram. And then I'll also have you read for Park. Um, and then we'll we'll assign roles later if there's more. I'll just have you read for everyone else as well, probably. Okay, okay. you ready? Cool. Yes. The Blacklister of the Week was The Contractor. He was Ooh. someone people could contact through an unhackable server who would then hire people to commit the crime for his client. 
because the contractor and his client never met in person, and because the client never knew who was carrying out the crime for them, it made it hard to catch anyone involved. Reddington informed them that he had heard rumors that the contractor was in town and was looking for a grifter and some muscle for a job. And to add some context, Reddington is the FBI most wanted guy. After Reddington had left, they came up with a plan to go undercover so they could not only catch the contractor, but use the would-be victim to find the client. It was unanimous that she would go undercover as the grifter and wrestler as the muscle, though Park raised an important question. Um, and you'll read for Park. Okay. How can we guarantee that wrestler and Keen will get hired together rather than one or the other? It was a good point, and they thought about it, but after a while, Aram perked up. Was it just her, or did he have a mischievous glint in his eye? Well, agents Keen and Rustler could go as a couple. Surely the contractor wouldn't split them up then, would he? Liz looked at Rustler, and they shared a look, realizing Aram could be onto something. Park seemed on board with the idea. Yeah, I think that'd work. If you guys, uh, if you guys show up as a couple, we'll most likely just hire you both rather than try and find someone to replace one of you. You guys being married also implies that you have worked together many times, so you'd have that going for us as well. Um, I'm going to read for Cooper as well. Okay. Just, he's here. Cooper nodded, agreeing with Park's reasoning. Well, that's sorted. Keen, wrestler, you'll be going undercover as a married couple. Before leaving, make sure you get both your stories straight. They nodded, and after he assigned Park something to do, the two of them left, leaving her, wrestler, and Aram. Wrestler turned to her. Do we have to act a certain way so he believes that we're married? Liz could swear she heard murmuring, which sounded suspiciously like, you don't have to act any different, and she turned to Aram. You said something? His head jerked up from his screen, surprised that someone had heard him. He faltered slightly under both her and Rustler's gaze. I, uh, I was just saying, maybe you guys should wear rings? She turned to Rustler and raised her eyebrows because it was a good point. He nodded. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good idea. And so, two hours later, Keen found herself driving with Rustler to the house Reddington had said the contractor would be at. Before they had left, she had raided the undercover department and back in their office had unceremoniously taken the larger ring out of the box and handed it to Rustler. He had smirked and said, I do, and she just laughed and had shaken her head. Liz had to admit, admit it, um, this is, are you sorry, this is a bit of a spoiler. It felt slightly strange wearing a wedding ring again, even if it wasn't real. The one she was wearing right now was a plain gold band, identical to wrestlers, while her first one had been flashier with diamonds. But Liz, but, Liz scoffed to herself, that probably had been for show on Tom's part. She snuck a glance at wrestler's hand on the steering wheel. Was it weird to think that a wedding ring looked good on him? She wondered what his thoughts were about wearing one, considering what had happened to his fiance all those years ago. He seemed pretty relaxed, though, and she was sure his mind was on the mission. Deciding she should probably get her mind off her partner and do the same, she looked at the GPS. We're a few minutes out. He nodded. Is that me or... Uh, yes. Okay. So, quick recap. We're Mr. and Mrs. Charlie and Jesse Jones. You're a professional grifter and I'm an ex-Navy SEAL turned muscle for hire. No, that's Oh, you. I lied. You're right. I'm stupid. <laughs> so, quick recap. We're Mr. and Mrs. Charlie and Jesse Jones. You're a professional grifter, and I'm an ex-Navy SEAL turned muscle for hire. Yep, married for five years so far. He turned to her and grinned. And hopefully many more years to come. She shook her head and laughed. Let's hope we at least get till ten. The traditional gift is a diamond, and I've been wanting some new earrings. Rustler threw his head back and laughed at her teasing, and she couldn't help but join in. A few moments later, she focused back on the job at hand and said, Oh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, if the contractor asks for any previous job specifics, I'll come up with something and you can add and back up any details. Rustler nodded, completely fine with that plan. It wasn't a very thorough one, and if she were going undercover with anyone else, she would have gone into much more detail. But this was Rustler. They had been partners for over seven years and they knew each other well. He had complete faith in her undercover skills and she knew he'd back up whatever she did. They pulled up to the nondescript house and after putting the car in park, he turned to her. You ready? Yep. You? He smirked at her. Come on, Mrs. Jones. Let's get hired by this contractor. She grinned back at him, and they walked towards the door, knocking as they reached it. It was opened up, and after all this time, she knew that the blacklisters could be anyone, but she was still slightly surprised by the old, well-dressed man in front of her, who only came up to her shoulders. Uh, do you want to read with a bad British accent? <laughs> Fuck. Because I was actually so... Everyone knows my friend, Lauren. We've been talking that we, like, jokingly talk in British accents now to each other. 
and I just need to get into it because okay. we say like once we get into all it, all right. We but can't... once you get into it, yeah, it's it's not that hard. To, there you go. It's there hard you go. To stop. May I help you? <laughs> it's taken a year and a half to get Liz to do a bad accent on the <laughs> show. <laughs> it was it was the break. The break did it. We have to thank Lauren for. Thank all you, of... Lauren. I'm going to kiss her on the mouth. It was this. we. Like specifically when we were watching Moon Knight, we we really like, like we physically could not stop doing British accents. Like it was, it was impossible. <laughs> we would just and like, it was like literally last week where she's like she was at my house and I come downstairs, and she just goes into the British accent, and so I immediately go into it. And we mm-hmm. have like a full fucking conversation. I love that for you guys. British accents. It was a great time. Um, but yes. Okay, back to the thing. <laughs> By his British accent and his attire, Liz would describe him as an elegant Englishman. Wrestler was good at undercover, but he knew she was great at it. So he stood slightly behind her, playing the role of bodyguard well, and let her take the lead. This is you. Oh, sorry. I'm Jesse, and this is my husband, Charlie. Wrestler nodded in greeting. And we hear that you're hiring. The man's eyes narrowed, and after studying her face, she made sure to keep her expression genuine and non-threatening, and taking a wrestler's stance behind her, he gave a single nod. Okay, so here's the part that's the problem with the British accent for me. I need someone else to start well, talking I in it. Well, I can start in it, and then you can continue. And then I need All right, to go, go into it. Best not to have this conversation in the open. <laughs> <laughs> opening the door wider he stepped aside sorry by the way if you're new and actually have an english accent um we will be making fun of you we yeah um if it makes you feel any better i have a british passport slash citizenship as well so i guess i'm making fun of myself as well um wrestler waited for her to go in first and she thanked the contractor as she passed him a quick glance around the living room showed absolutely no personal artifacts and no sign of having lived in she turned to face the man who was shutting the door as wrestler took up the same position of standing slightly behind her not wanting to sound overly enthusiastic she kept her tone even and polite we've heard about you as the contractor but is there any name you'd like us to use instead he paused for a moment you gotta get me into the british accent for a moment I need to start okay, talking on, in you it. it. You may call me George. She nodded. <laughs> See? <laughs> but she was going to... T- oh, wait, here. Seeing that she was going to talk again, George held up a hand. Slightly worried as his eyes narrowed at them, she stayed quiet and let him talk. A conversation like this must be held in private, but do not assume for one moment that because I have invited you inside, I will be... <laughs> I can't. I'm, I lost it at the end. That's fine. Keep going. I will keep be going. Keep going. Keep going. No, I lost it. I lost okay, it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No more. I'm glad that we got at least that much out of you. I for people who like don't know, it would literally like like Liz if you would stand there dead face, like refusing, refusing. To talk, and I'd be like, "Come on, Liz. Come on, Liz. Do and it." I'd be like, and no. Like, no, I'm I'm good. I don't do peer pressure. And I'm like, Liz, please. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, just finish out the line, it's fine. I, I said it, I will be hiring you. Oh, I'm blind. Deaf, wait. <laughs> you good, Gaff? No. <laughs> Liz nodded. That, oh, that's you again. That's fair. I'm sure you have a vetting process to follow and... Oh, fuck, I can't go right into that's the okay. British you, can, you don't have to do British anymore. That is not it. Liz kept her expression neutral, but her gut was telling her that something was about to go wrong. The tension she felt from wrestlers supported that feeling. What is it, then? Clearly very distrusting of her and wrestler, he answered. The only person I have told of my whereabouts was my client, which raises the important question, how did you find me? Shit, Red didn't mention that. Not showing any of her internal panic, she kept her voice calm. This... Job was recommended to us. Clearly not convinced by her vague answer, he continued speaking. My theory is that because my client knows where I am, they hired you both as well, not believing that I can do their job. But that simply will not work. If you have met them, you cannot do the job. I assure you that's not the case. We've never met whoever hired you. Wrestler stepped forward, backing her up. 
working for you is recommended for, to us. Your clients didn't send us. George's face was filled with distrust, and the belief that they were lying to him was starting to make him angry. That would mean he wouldn't hire them, which they simply couldn't have. A shared look with the wrestler told her that he was thinking the same thing as her, so she nodded at him, and he turned to George. When you hear who told us about this job, I'm sure you'll be okay with it. He simply raised an eyebrow in return. Somehow I doubt that. Smirking, wrestler said. We've worked jobs with for him before. It's Raymond Reddington. That seemed to push the anger away, and slight confusion came in its place. Your source is Reddington? Wrestler gave a smirk at that, and Liz supposed that George thought it was because they knew Reddington, but she knew better. Red was their source in more ways than George could ever know. Turning to him, Liz simply said, He is. And that's where I cut it. Nice! So, yeah! It was very, very, like, very like kind of the thing i'd like to watch when i like watch like my television shows yeah where, where you want something in the background and no i've like there. actively love oh, watching okay. these shows i i, I like this is one of my background shows where i put it on when i'm doing something else i don't i can't watch shows in the background physically impossible for me well i say that but it's i say i'm watching in the background but i usually am paying more attention to that than i am whatever i'm doing but mm -hmm. yeah um i don't know i i liked it um i think i I will say the fic isn't, like, normally what I would go for. Um, I would say, Yeah, definitely. I think Undercover is something I enjoy to watch more than I enjoy to read. I think there's a lot of nu nuances in Undercover that are hard to convey through text, such as, like, you know, little glances that maybe yeah. the people you're trying to fool don't catch, but your partner catches. That's the sort of thing I love, and I think it's very hard to convey that over text, especially when you're dealing with an established source, like established media source, like in a fan fiction, where Wrestler and Keen, I can picture this happening in a real episode, but they have a lot more going on. Like, they just, um, like, there would be a lot more unspoken things going on where this fic is very text-heavy, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do read, um... Like, some of these fix definitely for, like, Marvel, where it's, like, the kind of going on an undercover mission and you need to, like, pretend to be dating or whatever. So that's, like, definitely something I've read. I don't, as I always say, like, I don't even necessarily read anything for fandoms that aren't Marvel. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I'd read it for other things, but it's definitely something I've read before and read, not within a, we're going undercover to catch a, like, murderer, but, like sometimes within marvel but like never like within like this specific kind of tone though he's a little more different theatrical superhero s because they're superheroes so right. yeah yeah so um at the end of the day i think we both would read it but i don't think something we've reached for right away yeah exactly okay uh liz what did you get assigned I got randomly assigned ugly holiday sweaters. Love it! I actually and, saw that trope when I was looking for stuff information online. So and so yeah, I um I love like ugly holiday sweaters. I have a couple myself. I'm a big fan. I think they're very cute, even though they're supposed to be ugly. Um, they're but yeah. probably the only Christmas tradition I enjoy. So it's so fun. Um, so, obviously, this trope is very popular around, like, the holiday season, so, like, Christmas and stuff. Christmas is, like, I think the main holiday that has them, but in more recent years, you see, like, ugly, like, Hanukkah sweaters as well. So, that's, like, another thing that's come out mm -hmm. as well. Um, while I know we're talking about this trope within the context of fan fiction, when I think of, like, ugly, like, holiday sweaters in, the tro in like, the media of like fan works i more immediately think of like fan art and cosplay like i don't yeah. know if that's just me because no, I, well, I think I, I don't really think of like you know people describing sweaters in detail and fix and like i obviously know like within fix like oh we're going to an ugly christmas sweater party or whatever but like for me i immediately think of the more visual works where you can see it and, like, what I love for, um, like, when people get creative with, like, the ugly, like, holiday sweaters and they make them very character-specific, mm -hmm. it's, like, much easier to do um, within, like, fan art to make them super specific. Or, like, um, sometimes if it's more popular um, media franchises, like, let's say, like, Marvel, Star Wars, or DC, you can usually find, or, like, even, like, Doctor Who or, like, some other more popular ones like that you can usually find like these ugly holiday sweaters for fandom specific as well mm -hmm. but um 
I mean, we did a little the boys ugly, ugly Christmas sweater group, and I had like one with like white and yellow, like white sweater with like yellow stars on ugly, it. Honestly, it's I, like yeah, it's not ugly, yours was but a cute, it's like Christmas sweater, and then mine, I guess, it fell, fell between tacky and ugly because it was like literally just a bunch, of, a bunch of cats and Santa hats like collaged on each other. Yes. So, um, but. Yeah, and I also learned that it's popular uh, for fans to share knitting patterns for their favorite quote-unquote nerdy properties, um, specifically through this uh, site called Ravel Ravelry or Ravelry. Um, it's spelled yeah. R-A-V-E-L-R-Y. And um, usually, obviously, this is under it because a lot of these sweaters are um, knitted, and so you can share these ugly Christmas sweater patterns. Um, and so I actually looked up a little bit of the history of these sweaters, and they originate in the 50s with the mass commercialization of Christmas. And so obviously when they were first created, they were created to be very, they were very stylish. They were cute. You know, it was a lot more of like the subtle, like, like uh, on the top being like the, the going across like the crisscrossing patterns and snowflakes and like little dainty rain mm -hmm. reindeer like are across it so it was it wasn't like i think we've definitely gotten like tackier and tackier over the years we've camp yeah we've gotten camp <laughs> and um but like the original origin of it was very nice and very sweet and something that when people if you wore to an ugly christmas sweater party people would be like oh that's actually like a nice christmas sweater mm. it's not an ugly one um, the popularization of ugly Christmas sweaters, though, though, come in the 80s from uh, many holiday episodes on situational comedies. And so that's where you'd get, like, the bells and the, all the pom-poms all over everything. And so obviously it's like the, oh, I can't believe my mom made me wear this sweater. My grandma made me this sweater. We have to go to this or whatever. Um, and then obviously I feel like... I don't know if it was in, like, the 2010s where, like, really, like, having, like, ugly Christmas sweater parties became, like, popular, per se. Like, I remember on Tumblr. I, de I definitely went to, like, a bunch of those, though, in high school where it was lit literally the theme was wear your ugliest sweater. Yeah, and, so. like, it might have, like, for me, it, like, it might have been in the 2010s or that might have been really where, like, I was kind of aware were, of yeah, it. Yeah, I think aware yeah. is a good word. But um, they're having ugly Christmas sweater parties and owning ugly Christmas sweaters and like store selling like the like really ugly ones has definitely become very very popular nowadays. It's something that I feel like people embrace where they're like, oh, this is so fun! Like this mm -hmm. is a great part of like the holiday season. Versus like within the eighties comedies, it's like, ugh, like I can't believe I have to wear this, and it's like very much seen like, oh, this sucks. But mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, this is so much fun. And like you go to like conventions like Holiday Matsuri where everyone's wearing like their anime or whatever cosplays with these sweaters. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have gone through and listed specific show examples, but I mean like I feel like if you literally think of like any like sitcom that's had a Christmas episode, at some point they've had an ugly christmas sweater kind of trope thing so um yeah that's kind of like it with the notes i mean it's yeah. very very self-explanatory like we all know um so i really had to for my first chosen fic back of course of course i'm not <laughs> um, even surprised so in my in my in my in my defense i think i was like looking through the top kudos um fix and this was like the first one like, I don't even think it was me being biased, like, the first one where I was like, okay, this plot's, like, good, it's cute, it's, like, really succinct, whereas, like, other ones were, like, really, like, winding or, like, explicit, and I was like, I'm not in the mood to read that right now. No porn, please. No porn, please. I, I, have and, the same, I have the same issue, so don't worry. So this was, like, the first one where I was, like, very much, like, it's rated teen and up, very sweet, very short, so, um, yeah, so... For those of you who do not know, I chose a Stucky fic because it's my favorite ship, and it is the only ship I read really ever. Sometimes I read other stuff, but nine times out of ten, if I'm reading a fan fiction, more like nine point five times out of ten, a if I'm reading a fan fiction, ninety nine percent of the time, time it's a Stucky fan fiction. And usually it's one day and stuff like this, but Steve gets set up on a blind date by Natasha. Um, and it happens around Christmas time, so ugly Christmas sweaters do come into, um, 
into play. And um, as I said, it's rated teen and up and it has no warnings. I have the entire thing copied down here. We're going to kind of see when we feel like it's a good place to stop because like sometimes with one shots like this, there's like never really a good place to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're one shots for a reason. They're meant to be read like all, all at one time. Yeah. One time. So, um, I mean, it's from Steve's perspective, so I guess I can read for Steve and you can read for Bucky. Do I? Ha- should I put on, like, the gruff man voice? I mean, you can, yeah. I don't remember how Bucky even talks. I, 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 I don't know how. Like, am I just going to explain Sebastian Stan's voice? I don't you? remember what he sounds like. It's been so long since I mean, I've watched like, him in it. It's, like, a little bit of gruff, but not, like over you know what i mean should i play it up though do you want me to ham it up or you want me to just not do the bit i mean you can do whatever you want (laughs) we'll see how i feel when we get to him okay so it's called have a cup of cheer by is it it might be red lena i would just say lena fanel and yes r-e-l-e-n-a-f-a-n-e-l um so yeah Steve loved Christmas. There is something about that time of year that settled beneath his his breastbone next to his heart, kept his entire body feeling warm with what felt like magic. And I don't know, like, I always, like, Gabs obviously didn't grow up celebrating Christmas, but that's, like, definitely the feeling, like, I get. It's, like, a very, like, it's a very warm and, like, happy feeling because it's, as a kid, like, you're like, oh, I get presents, and we sit around and eat cookies and watch movies. So it's, like, a very, very happy feeling. So very much a relatable feeling for me. Um, uh, That was a bit too unrealistic for him to even say out loud. But there was something about December that imbued him with a feeling of contentment. He loved the stories of people reaching out and helping their fellow man, creating their own form of miracle. And while he knew that the holiday was full of selfishness, he also believed that it embodied the opposite as well. He he only wished that people could tap into that kind of generosity year-round, and not just for the holiday season. There were a lot of things he loved about Christmas. There are a few things that he didn't. One of them was the fact that year-round his coworkers seemed to think it was a shame that he was single, going through his life without a significant other to go home to every night when the show ended. They would, uh, they would shoot him pitying looks, ask leading questions about his love life, and would start bringing single friends around who just happened to be in the audience of the show. I don't know what show they're talking about. I don't. I'm assuming they're performers or something. Yeah, it wasn't specified in the um, in the like little blurb at the top of the the author's like own universe. Unless I I read the blurb and I completely overlooked it, which is highly possible. Yeah, very likely. Very likely mean. (laughs) um steve found it invasive and offensive during the holiday season it um it amped up to about an 11 (laughs) steve usually ignored it sure he wanted to share his bed uh someone to share his bed with and maybe even someone to share his life with but there were a few points in time where it sounded disastrous to start something with someone and that was when everyone seemed to desperate to find some kind of human connection Weddings are one, Valentine's Day was another. Christmas just seemed to fit that criteria. So while Steve didn't want to be set up with some someone's single friend or relative on a normal day, he certainly did not want to give in to the pressure to conform to a world focused on relationships during the holiday season, where being alone was an obvious feeling. However, when Natasha took the time to look you up and down, frown with her eyes like you were lacking in some way, and then say... Down under coffee on Thursday at 6 p.m. He'll be wearing a festive red sweater with a reindeer. Withhold judgment until you meet him. You went down. Well, you went to down under coffee uh, for six on Thursday, and you looked for someone in a reindeer sweater. <laughs> and Steve wasn't the type to judge anyone. He was also a single Brooklynite, and it wasn't like he didn't see some questionable Is that pieces. What you call people who live in Brooklyn a Brooklynite? Yeah, a Brooklynite. Okay. I don't like that Wait, word. <laughs> you, you've never heard someone be like, "Oh, they're they're a Brooklynite." No, I've just heard people say, "Yeah, I live in Brooklyn." It's like it's <laughs> not a common thing to really say, but like that's what it's called. What am I going to call someone who lives in the Bronx? A Bronxite? A Bronxonite? No, you're just from the Bronx. Exactly. So why would you say Brooklyn? That sounds like some weird gentrified shit. 
Oh, it almost 100% probably <laughs> is. Um, okay, I just needed to establish that that sounds weird. It does sound weird. Okay. I'll, I'll restart the sentence. He was also a single Brooklynite, and it wasn't like he didn't have some questionable pieces to his wardrobe that he occasionally wore. Ugly ho- holiday sweaters were a thing now. People wore them willingly. Steve could remember a time in his youth where it seemed like adding one of his grandmother's knit sweaters on top of, of his slight frame and a persistently drippy nose, the same as wearing a huge blinking red and green loser sign. Not that he'd cared, and the slight crick to his nose, where it had been broken a few times, would always be a pretty good reminder of how little concern he paid to conforming to who people thought he should be. Steve looked around the coffee shop. He didn't see anyone in an ugly holiday sweater, or at least he didn't see anyone in an ugly holiday sweater that was red and featured a reindeer on the front. There are there were more people in the cafe wearing holiday-inspired ugly sweaters that, uh, that uh, than there were any right to be in the middle of Brooklyn. Scratch that. He was standing in a cafe in the middle of Dumbo. The fact that everyone wasn't wearing some kind of holiday-inspired knit sweater was shocking. It didn't take him long to realize the line in front of him wasn't moving and that the people behind him were extending out the door. He could feel a cool breeze on his back from where some um, jerk was standing half in and half out of the doorway, letting the cool air in. Steve turned and gave that person a look that said either in or out. I, like, just that feeling of, like, you know, like, December time, like, waiting to get a, like, warm drink and, like, the breeze just coming in the door on, like, a super freezing day is so... It just, like, puts such, like, an image in my head because... I've had, like, so many times like that. I think it's also a lot easier for you to envision that, whereas I grew up in the South, so I was lucky if, like, by the time it was time for a nice drink in the afternoon, if it was below, well, actually, depend on the day. Sometimes it was, you know, 20 degrees, and other days it was 60. So, mm-hmm. you know, I never really, when I think of winter, I don't always think of, like, super cold. Yeah, well, eventually living up in the north enough, it will it will turn Within to that association. Two, yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, that look was now far more effective uh, when he looked like he could bench press a bus than it was in his youth. That person chose out. Is this oh, uh, that I'm talking about? Um, I don't... Uh... Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay, I scrolled down. It's me. Okay. Yeah. I think the phone machine is broken. The guy in front of him said, craning his neck to see around the line of people standing in front of them. He was carrying three parcels and had the appearance of someone who was actually there for coffee rather than an overpriced latte and a chance to sit in a crowded coffee shop with a laptop. Okay, but um, Steve does seem like the type of person to be like, who, that Starbucks shit is so stupid. So Just stupid. get a plain black coffee. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it shouldn't have more than three descriptives. You know, that, that seems it's just very a coffee. Steep. Yeah, that seems very steep. Yeah. But he would also be the type where, like, when someone finally gives him one of the other drinks, he's like, oh, wait, this is actually Yeah, he'd be good. like, okay, I get the hype now. But he wouldn't. Again, I get it. Yeah. Where it's like my dad's very much like, oh, I just want black coffee, blah, blah. but no, then my dad's all coffee anymore. But then my dad's also going to like Starbucks and getting his like, like half iced tea, half lemonade, oh, like oh thing. So very, very, very that kind of vibes. Um, Steve enjoyed people watching to see if he could guess what their habits were before they revealed them. I really wanted a peppermint chocolate latte. He never claimed to be very good at it. <laughs> That that does sound good, Steve answered, only sure that the guy was talking to him and not a Bluetooth atta- attachment when he looked over his shoulder to frown at the fact Steve hadn't answered, angling his body so that he was standing at the viewport so he could see Steve. The guy smiled, his lip curving and eyes lighting up when Steve spoke. Steve had been distracted, looking around for the blind date he was supposed to meet and then trying to see if the phone machine really was broken. He hadn't paid much attention to the man speaking to him besides taking in his body language and the frown across his face when he spoke out loud about his observation as to why the line seemed to be backed up to the doorway and not moving. Steve was looking now. He was really very attractive in a way that made Steve's heart flutter. It wasn't so much the fact that the man was gorgeous, which he was. It was the way he smiled. It was the it was carefree in a way Steve rarely saw anymore, as though he was honestly pleased that Steve had answered him. 
It made everything about him light up, and there wasn't a piece of that man that was ordinary to begin with, as far as Steve was concerned. He also he also never denied that he had a type. His type was leggy brunettes with honest smiles and sharp mouths attached to even sharper brains, and the stranger had two of the three so far. I'm Bucky, the guy said, holding out his free hand. Xmas shopper and coffee addict. Steve, he answered, grasping Bucky's hand in his. Bucky was wearing a soft pair of leather gloves, and they felt nice against his skin in a way that made made heat crawl up the back of Steve's neck. I'm neither of those things. Bucky raised an eyebrow, lips turning up slightly with amusement. Just what are you, then? Casual coffee drinker, online shopper, and the type of person who allows himself to be coerced into going on blind dates before Christmas. Ooh, ouch. Bucky answered, and if anything, his face lit up even more with an amused sort of joy because of Steve. That's Uh, still you. Some people find it terrible to be lonely during the holidays. They'll do crazy things that they normally wouldn't, like blind dates. Steve shrugged. I really don't care about that type of solitude. I have people in my life, just none that I'm having sex with right now. I'm not looking, and I'm certainly not looking because of this time of of the time of year. That seems like a shame. Bucky answered, trailing his eyes over Steve with such frankness that Steve couldn't help but return the gesture. Bucky had long legs beneath the trim lines of his coat, which Steve had already noticed and appreciated. His pants clung to the lines of his solid thigh muscles, tapering down to his slim calves, and his shoulders looked broad in his navy coat. If Steve based his relationships off looks alone, Bucky was exactly his type. Maybe you should have more of an open mind about it. Bucky smirked at Steve, appreciating the fact that Steve was looking back, and they shared a moment of understanding that there was a mutual attraction there. No, Steve continued. I'm here because my friend isn't someone you say no to. We all have those kinds of friends. Last time I went on a blind date, I lost a bet. Not exactly a promising start to a relationship, unless you're in a movie starring a teen heartthrob. I don't know. Who can say what the right or wrong way for two people to come together is? Bucky's face seemed to light up in surprise. You're a romantic. That's just him yelling at us. You, wait, you guys, you guys are romantics. <laughs> us, us reading all yeah. these stupid, cheesy plots. Like, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Like, us, like, oh my god, wouldn't it be so cute if two people got paired to go catch a murderer together? Oh my god, that's wouldn't it be so, so romantic? Cute if these guys just kissed right now? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> he exclaimed in a bright tone. Then he looked around like he had said a dirty word in public and was making sure no one had overheard. That's why you're here. You don't want to leave what if to chance. What if this person is the one? He questioned in a dreamy Soto tone, batting his eyelashes at Steve. That's one interpretation to it. It's more likely that I trust that she wouldn't waste my time if she didn't think it was worth it. I lost my... I scrolled and I lost it. Give me a second. Oh, there it is. You know better people than I do. Buggy answered, his mouth st- still doing that upwards turn in the corner. Steve wondered if Bucky always looked semi-amused or if it was the way he flirted. Steve shrugged. Either that or she's trolling me. <laughs> Bucky barked out a laugh. Now that sounds more like my friends. Tell me, what do you hope to get from this? Good coffee? Steve shrugged. Possibly, maybe someone I want to see again. Realistically, probably just a waste of a few hours of my time and the the ability to claim that I tried. I think we should probably cut it there. Yes. (laughs) But um, it's very, it is a very cute fit. Where does the sweater with Bucky come in? Like, does he just show up later wearing it or something? Or like, it's in his bag? So as I said, I fully, I I was telling you guys earlier, I didn't really get the chance. I'm more scanned it. I'm like... Mm -hmm. I see the ugly sweater there. This is a trope I like. I don't know. We will just have to continue reading on our own to find out. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like love these fics, especially around like holiday times, because um, while my favorite holiday is Halloween, I I do very much love um, Christmas and Christmas time. The spirit Halloween's near us have started putting stuff up. 
I need to go to Spirit Halloween you need to right come now. Visit us and go to Spirit Halloween with us. Um, I'm literally seeing you on Saturday, so next Saturday. So oh, shit, you're right. So Spirit <laughs> Halloween trip. Well, yeah, if it's open, we'll go. Um, um but. Yes, I I love Christmas time and all like the stupid cheesy stuff that come along with it, like the watching the Christmas movies and wearing the ugly Christmas sweaters and making cookies and decorating the tree and listening to Christmas music. So I do enjoy to read reading some holiday related fix around the time as well. So it, it adds to my general holiday cheer because that is the only happy part of the winter for me. It is the I, only time the cold and snow is bearable. Can't say I relate, but I I, yeah. I, I respect it for you. Yes. <laughs> but, um, um, I will definitely continue to read. Fix within this realm of, like, holiday relatedness. I don't know if they'll be specifically ugly Christmas sweater fix, but they'll be related in some way around Christmas time, and I'll continue to do that. I can assume that you probably won't. Yeah, yeah, I can't say the same. Um, but that being said, thanks guys for tuning in. This will be out in a couple of weeks, hopefully, as we cord our backlog to have a bunch so that, you know, we don't go on hiatus unexpectedly again. Um, yeah. in the meantime, you can find me, Gaz, on social media, um, at Flighty the Nerd on Twitch, Instagram, uh, TikTok. What are the other ones? Twitter. Twitter. Is that all of them? Did I get them all? I think I got them Instagram, all. Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Lazily Liz. Um, I do VTubing now, so yeah. yeah. What about the show? Um, you can find the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Trope Podcasts. Uh, you can oh fuck. You can find us on one? Facebook and YouTube at Their Tropes Battle for Dominance. Um, you can if you need to email us for any reasons, comments, concerns, suggestions. Just any nice comments, good Twilight or Maze Runner fanfiction, please email us at tropedominance at gmail.com. Um, please rate, comment, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you listen to this podcast. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for next time. Bye. Bye.